Welcome to Wild Tater, the food forest podcast. I'm Charles Hathaway, and today we're going to talk about the horseradish, Armoraceae rusticana, which is in the Brassicaceae family, the Brassica family, which is the family of the cabbage, broccoli, cauliflower, all of those kind of spicy broccoli-like flavored uh, vegetables, Brussels sprouts, kale, all that stuff. They're, they're all very similar tasting. It, it, the uh, Brassicaceae family is kind of unique in this way that uh, you can almost identify a brassica by its taste. You could taste a, a leaf. Don't do this because you could be, you know, sticking poison ivy in your mouth or something. But if you were to go around to plants and just and just nibble on them for the taste, you could almost always uh, identify a brassica by its brassica taste, which is kind of interesting. And gratefully, brassicas are pretty much all edible, but you know, there's rules based on different thing, different uh, particular species. So anyway, it's just kind of an interesting point when it comes to the brassicas. So if you taste it and you're like, wait a minute, this tastes like kale. This has got to be, oh, but it's spicy, you know, <laughs> it's, it's probably your horseradish. Anyway, horseradish is cold hardy to zones from zones two to nine meaning it can withstand temperatures down to negative 50 Fahrenheit or negative 45 Celsius. It most appreciates soil with a pH of 6.2 to 6.7. I have seen it grown in much higher. I suspect that it can also be grown in lower, but that is its preferred range is 6.2 to 6.7. Its watering needs are, are medium. And part of the reason for that is because it can take a lot of water and it can also take pretty heavy drought. Um, I would recommend, based on, you know, depending on how you're eating it and so forth, to give it a little more water than it is absolutely necessary just to keep those roots nice and plump, juicy, because if they do get too dry, they will become very woody and they will lose their flavor if it is the roots that you're planning on harvesting. Now, as for blooming season, okay, we get into a funny little uh, conundrum with horseradish because the blooms themselves are kind of unpredictable. Some years you just won't even see them. Um, and so if you, but if you are trying to, we'll get into right now also the pollination for seed. Horseradish is very difficult to pollinate, I mean to uh to propagate by seed. It very rarely produces viable seed. Um, now, that's not to say that it's hard to uh, reproduce it. It is actually very easy to reproduce it through those root, thick root rhizomes. But um, if you're trying to produce new, I'd say cultivars, new varieties, or you know, better adapted, horseradish uh, genetically, that is going to be very difficult to do. That said, if you can manage it, you may be able to produce a unique variety of horseradish that that uh, is not available anywhere except through you, which could be a good marketing opportunity if you're, you know, doing harm, farmer's market or, or if you're trying to grow to sell um, plants to other 
uh, other gardeners. You could have a unique variety of horseradish. But, you know, like I said, that's very difficult to do. And so, unless you're, you're really geek about uh, the idea of producing horseradish from seed, um, plan on reproducing it uh, by root cuttings. In fact, uh, commercially, you're pretty much getting the clone of the same horseradish probably all over the nation. There's a couple of cultivars that you can find, um, but just there's just not many out there because it's it so easily spreads by roots and so difficult to get it to spread by seed. Okay, the size of a horseradish plant is about two to three feet or 0.1 to 1 meter tall and wide. They produce these big, lush, gorgeous leaves. I mean, they look uh, almost tropical-like in there with these big, gorgeous leaves that they produce. And um, they are considered a root layer because that is the primary thing that you're harvesting, kind of the, the part you're trying to protect and make sure that you have room in that down in that root layer for those roots to spread. I don't think you have much to worry about because, like I said, they do produce readily and easily by root rhizomes. Okay, as far as their sun needs, they prefer full sun, but will do part shade as well. Their preferred habitat is really hard to identify simply because they do so well in so many different, different climates and so forth. I would suggest, you know, a well-drained soil, you know, medium watering, all these things that we've talked about um, in a somewhat sunny position. And, you know, keep in mind that sun and, and uh, uh, temperature rule where if you want something to have deeper, stronger flavor, you put it more in direct sun and let it dry just a, a little bit. Whereas if you want it to uh, be a milder flavor, give it lots of water and keep it kind of shaded away from the sun. So, so you know, direct sun, more heat, more flavor, um, less sun, less heat, less flavor, you know, more water, um, or yeah, more water will be less flavor, less heat, and... Uh, more, less water, more heat, stronger flavor. It's kind of like this, you know, quadrant or something. Anyway, now horseradish is a fast grower, um, probably partly because it is primarily uh, reproduced through those root rhizomes. You know, you've got this mature root. It, it's not going to come up out of the ground until it has... Uh, developed a pretty intense root down there or you know grown off of a, an intense root already so it's like you're starting with a mature root anytime you put it in the ground pretty much and what that means is that that first year it can just take off and it can become uh, pretty impressive my experience is when you first put them in the ground they have a decent year but then the next year they come up like gangbusters they're just you know big beautiful massive tropical looking plant um, gorgeous anyway uh, so it its growth rate is fast its reproductive rate is high 
Um, some would call it prolific. Uh, plant incursiophobics might call it invasive or potentially invasive. That has not been my experience personally. I have mine in a nice moist area uh, where it gets some pond uh, leakage and so forth and and it has it it kind of just looks like it's getting a little bit bigger every year it's you know i was kind of surprised when i saw that they go two to three feet you know tall and wide because i was like mine goes like four feet and i'm realizing that's probably because it's it's just spreading those root rhizomes like crazy and but i love that i want it to spread i'd love for it to take over my yard you know, open a, a horseradish business <laughs> if it's going to take over my world. Okay, so let's talk about the food value. Obviously, the uh, primary or at least the most common use as a food is in the root. Now, if you're doing it from the root, you're going to want to cut off the newer roots. The newer the root, the fresher the root, um, the better flavor is going to be. You're going to want to leave that main root um, so that you have a mother plant for it to grow new ones out of. Otherwise, it's not a perennial plant. You know, if you just plant it, it grows this big plant and you dig it up and just eat the roots, you no longer have a horseradish, making it no longer a perennial plant. Now, if you're tired of your horseradish and you're wanting to replace it with something, well, there you go. But uh, I would recommend leaving it there because... Not only is the root harvestable, but the leaves are also. So let's talk about that briefly. The leaves have a flavor um, similar to the root. Um, I would almost compare them more to spicy mustard green leaves or a spicy kale leaf. Now, like I say, it is spicier than uh, most of those. Uh, mustards, I, I've found them to be rather spicy greens but uh, kale is obviously not so spicy but it's got that brassica flavor that kind of broccoli like you know spicy cabbage kind of flavor and um, horseradish just fits that the greens they're great in salad probably fun to prepare um, if you are chopping them because they're just big you could roll it up and then chop chop you know one leaf could could give you more than you'd need for a salad. I will say that horseradish's um, unique spicy flavor, that, that really pungent spiciness of them, is it comes from the volatile oils within the horseradish. If, if those oils get broken down either through cooking or through time or whatever, then it loses that flavor and so forth. But that those volatile oils also, because they are so strong, you have to be careful about eating horseradish, either leaves or roots, in quantity. Now, because horseradish is especially used as a dip, as, as a, a seasoning of sorts, something that you're, you're not going to be eating by the spoonful likely, but rather kind of spreading over you know, uh, a chicken or spreading, uh, you know, dipping something into, uh, you're just fine. It, when you're eating it in that small of quantities, you're fine. If you're planning on baking this root like a potato and eating it straight, I would highly recommend that you cook it. That will 
break down those volatile oils. It will lose some of the flavor, but it will make it safer to eat. That Those volatile oils, while spicy and yummy, also can have a little bit of a problem, create a problem for the stomach or thyroid um, when eaten in quantity. I mean, think about it this way. Think about if you were to down a whole bottle of hot sauce. It's, it's just not good for you. I don't care what your high school chums said when they challenged you to, uh, to down a bottle. It's, it's not good for you. It, it's not good for your system. And similarly, it's not good for your system to eat these raw. Like I said, you cook it, that takes care of those oils, and you're safe. Now there are recipes um, for things like kale or mustard greens. If you have a recipe for any of those kind of greens, those kind of spicy brassica greens, you could use uh, horseradish for that, especially if they are recipes where you're cooking them. That is going to, um, that, that would be a great use of the greens. And the nice thing about the greens uh, is that they will come back on the same root every year. You don't have to wait for that recovery period if you're just harvesting the roots. You just, you just harvest them when you need them. Uh, leave some there to, you know, supply nutrients to the roots, keep it alive and everything over time. But uh, you will um, be able to harvest year after year and your horseradish leaves will continue to grow. So I recommend either using them as part of a salad, you know, chop them into with lettuce and, and other things, or use them in a uh, cooked fashion, which there are many recipes for, which we will try to include on our Pinterest board. I'm, I've just uh, modified a little bit so that it's organized by you know, type of meal, you know, desserts, beverages, etc., like that. And let me know if that is more confusing or less useful since you may be going in and just looking for what can I do with my horseradish, you know, and, and they may be in different sections. If that's too confusing, let me know and I will reorganize them back. Or maybe I could reorganize them um, by plant or something, you know, so that you click on the plant and it will, it will show you all these recipes for the plant. That might be cool too. I'd be happy to do that. Just let me know what you want on that Pinterest board, which again, you can find at wildtater.com and then click on the menu, food forest recipes. Okay. I will finish up here by giving one more word of caution regarding horseradish it, for those of you that are particularly sensitive to chopping onions and you just find that the uh, tearing up that it causes and stuff is just very distressful for you, uh, then just be aware. You're going to want to take the same precautions, you know, whether sticking a bread in your mouth or, you know, putting a, I don't know, hazmat suit on. or <laughs> You're going to want to do the same thing for preparing horseradish, anything that you... Are chopping with the horseradish it does release similar oils into the air which can you know get you tearing up or whatever you might experience with an onion so just be aware of that otherwise horseradish fabulous food fabulous food forest edition and 
one that is a great trailblazer species for those of you trying to get just just get started or in a particularly harsh area put in some some uh, horseradish in, in the ground and you will begin to grow your system rather quickly so with that thank you guys again so much for listening Thank you.